welcome to episode 6 of the Lives of the Saints, second series, the non-1928 BCP Saints. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Gregory of Nyssa, whose feast day is January 10th. Some Anglican jurisdictions celebrate Gregory on several other dates. St. Gregory has been little known in the Western Church until fairly recent years. With his older brother Basil of Caesarea of Nyssa, of the Nyssa region, and their friend Gregory Nazianzen, also called Gregory Nazianzus, he was one of three men known as the Cappadocian Fathers. The remaining two will be discussed in later episodes of this series. Modern scholars credit him with being the first major advocate of Christian mystery theology, although I think this is a confused and misleading label. He might better be called one of the fathers of Christian spirituality. The illustration for this and the next three slides is an 11th century mosaic of St. Gregory at St. Sophia Cathedral in Kiev, Ukraine, the mother church of Orthodox Christianity in Russia. St. Gregory was born around 335 A.D. at Caesarea in Cappadocia, now known as Caesarea. Turkey, in the Byzantine administrative region of Pontus in Asia Minor, which ran along the southern coast of the the Black Sea between Constantinople and almost to present-day Armenia. The present-day Turkish name reflects the Greek pronunciation of the original Greek name. It is also called It is often called Caesarea in Cappadocia to distinguish it from the two other cities of the same name in the Holy Land. He was one of nine children, some people say ten, born into a well-educated and prosperous Christian family. Two of his siblings are honored as saints, those being his sister Macrina and his older brother Basil, bishop of Caesarea in Cappadocia. His younger brother, Peter, was consecrated bishop of the smaller city of Sabastia. He was educated at home, most likely by his mother. St. Gregory was more private, sometimes described as quiet in his disposition, unlike his more authoritative, assertive, and much more widely known older brother, Basil of Caesarea. His early life was not spent in the work of the church. Many Eastern Church scholars believe he was pressured into becoming a candidate to be bishop of the new see of Nyssa. He was consecrated bishop of Nyssa in 372 A.D. As was common at that time, his knowledge of Christian thinking was largely learned by self-study of Scripture. He was an admirer of the writings of Origen, who was later anathematized by the Eastern Church as a heretic. His later work both resembles and differs from Origen. A modern biographer quotes Gregory as saying that his teachers were Paul, John, and the rest of the apostles and prophets. His tenure as Bishop of Nyssa was difficult. 
as he apparently was not as skilled an administrator as his brother and mentor, Basil, a fact about which he was frequently reminded in letters by Basil. He clashed frequently with the remnants of the Aryan faith in Cappadocia and Constantinople, including making an enemy of the emperor Valens. He was deposed after four years in 376 A.D. based on a never-proven allegation of misappropriated funds. Following a change of emperors with the installation of Emperor Gratian at Constantinople, he was pardoned and was reinstalled in his office at Nyssa in 378 A.D. Although he wrote that he would far prefer staying at home, researching and writing, than attend any gathering of bishops, he was present at several important church synods and at the Council of Constantinople in 381 A.D. Absent his brother Basil, who had died two years earlier, Gregory is said to have been the most vigorous defender of Trinitarian thinking, which was largely based upon Basil's book, on the Holy Spirit, published ten years earlier, and his own work of the same name. Owing to Gregory's forceful advocacy, the council added a new paragraph to the Nicene Creed, clarifying the issue of the equality of the Holy Spirit with God the Father and God the Son, and also added embellishments to the original Nicene Creed's description of Jesus Christ and also inserted the phrase, whose kingdom shall have no end. For more on these changes to the original Nicene Creed, see Episode 7, The Nicene Creed, using the digital library link at the bottom left of the homepage of our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The illustration is a circa 1724 A.D. Byzantine Orthodox fresco at Stavropolios Church in Bucharest, Romania, which commemorates the Council of Constantinople. In the early 4th century, after Constantine made Christianity a legal religion in the Roman Empire, pilgrimages to the Holy Land began to become extremely popular. According to some, the trip was necessary to the enhancement of the understanding of the church. The spiritual-minded Gregory was offended by the idea, and in his essay on pilgrimages, written not long after the Council of Constantinople, offered this caution. The content and tone demonstrates the extent of the development of St. Gregory's understanding of Christian spirituality. Wherefore, you who fear God, praise him in the places where you are now. Change of place does not effect any drawing nearer to God, but wherever you may be, God will come to you if the chamber of your soul is of such a sort that he can dwell in you and walk in you. This is a modernized text based upon the Nicene and post-Nicene Father's Second Series, Volume 5. The illustration for this and the next slide is a 14th century fresco of St. Gregory by St. Theophane the Cretan at the Monastery of St. Nicholas Anapausus in Meteora, Greece, in the region of Thessaly. 
Another demonstration of Gregory's spirituality is his consistent use of the apophatic method when speaking of the mysterious, infinite, and unseen God. Apophatic language sounds odd to untrained modern Western ears accustomed to the cataphatic method. For Gregory, who understood God to be mysterious, infinite, unseen, and of whom human language and mind is never adequate to describe, that one must always use words which, solidly based on Scripture, say what we know that God is not, rather than the cataphatic method which makes a number of assumptions. An example of a cataphatic description of God excuse me, apophatic description of God, the Father, is this from the Divine Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom developed in the Eastern Church in the century or two after Gregory's lifetime, in which the following phrase is used, that the Father is ineffable, inconceivable, incomprehensible, ever-existing, and eternally the same. The rarely used word ineffable means incapable of being put into words. Yet another example, this one revealing the advanced development of his sense of spirituality, was perhaps his last homily, said to have been delivered at the Synod of Constantinople in 394 A.D., two years before his death. It is commonly and incorrectly titled Homily on His Ordination, which had taken place 20 years earlier. The illustration for this and the next three slides is a detail from the Menologion of Basil II, an illuminated manuscript made at Constantinople in the late 19th century and now in the Vatican Library at Rome. If someone is making a journey in the middle of the day when the sun with its hot rays scorches the head and by its heat dries up everything liquid in the body, and under one's feet is the hard earth, which is difficult for walking and waterless. And then such a man encounters a spring with splendid, transparent, pleasing and refreshing streams pouring out abundantly. Will he sit down by the water and begin to reason about its nature, seeking out from whence it comes, how, from what, and all such things as idle speakers are wont to judge about? For example, is it a certain moisture which exists in the depths of the earth that comes to the surface under pressure and becomes water? Or is it canals going through long desert places that discharge water as soon as they find an opening for themselves? Will he not rather, saying farewell to all rational deliberations, bend down his head to the stream and press his lips to it, quench his thirst, refresh his tongue, satisfy his desire, and give thanks to the one who gave this grace? Therefore, let you also imitate this thirsting one. St. Gregory of Nyssa's legacy is extensive and so highly regarded as expressions of the early fathers that the Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers, a late 19th century collection of 28 volumes in two series, devoted an entire volume of over 500 pages to St. Gregory's work, and even that does not include 
all the writings previously published by others which are enumerated in the book's bibliography. Among his most famous works was Against Eunomius, written to counter the arguments of an advocate of an extreme form of the Arian heresy. Against Eunomius is a series of letters written to his brother Peter, Bishop of Sabastia, and included in the book called The Great Catechism or Great Catechetical Oration. He also left behind many letters and books touching on the topics of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Incarnation, and the Resurrection. The importance of his theological work was officially recognized by the Seventh Ecumenical Council, which met at Nicaea in 787 AD, which declared him to be Father of Fathers. Of the remains of St. Gregory of Nyssa, only the whereabouts of part of his skull are known. These were taken by Greek monks fleeing Muslim persecution in Cappadocia in the 1920s to the church at St. Eustathios, New Neapolis, Parissos, Greece. The illustration is the Greek Orthodox Cathedral of Gregory of Nyssa in Trebizond, Turkey. Built in 1863 on the foundations of a 13th century church, it was demolished to make way for a civic club in 1930 after the creation of the Turkish Republic and the mass exodus of ethnic Greeks fleeing persecution, hundreds of thousands of whom died in the conflict. Today, the Greek-speaking Christian community in Turkey, once one of the largest Greek communities in the world outside of Greece, has been reduced to a tiny minority whose religious freedom is severely limited by the Turkish government. There are many Orthodox, Anglican, and Episcopal churches around the world bearing his name, but especially in the United States. The collect for St. Gregory of Nyssa comes from Lesser Feasts and Fasts. Almighty and everlasting God, whose servant Gregory steadfastly confessed thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to be very God and very man, grant that we may hold fast to this faith and evermore magnify his holy name through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Episode 6 in the Lives of the Saints Second Series, commemorating the life and contributions of 35 saints from both the Western and Eastern Church traditions celebrated on 28 feast days. Next time, in Episode 7, I will celebrate St. Anthony of Egypt, who is commemorated on January 17th. Episodes of this series, as well as of other teaching videos and seasonal videos, are available either on our YouTube channel, https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash c slash St. John C, or by using the episode links at our newly redesigned website, for which the full URL address is http colon slash slash www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The digital library link offers access to our collection of videos and seasonal videos and other videos. 
The Bible study link similarly connects you to both our Bible study series, New Testament Gospels, and also Revelation. The podcast homilies link gives access to our entire archive of MP3 podcast homilies based on the 1928 BCP readings and on other topics. The virtual bookstore section at the bottom of the homepage has links for ordering paperback editions of any of our publications and a separate link for the Kindle editions. 100% of all book royalties are contributed to the AIC ministry. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.